0: Good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you're at. Welcome to Collider Dailies. I'm John Alditz, and I'm joined by somebody reading a book.
1: Oh, sorry, just reading the uh, the ancient text, the sacred text is of the public.
0: Is the con- is the concept of doing this show so boring that you that you're going to read instead?
1: Well, I mean, you're no Perry, but
0: wow. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> this when we start beefing, Maggie.
1: Yeah. You know, I feel like a Thursday, a little Thursday, you know, beefing is a good, good one for us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh
0: So yes, judging by what she's reading, you know that one of the things we're going to be talking about today is Star Wars. We're also going to be talking about uh Mark Wahlberg, giving us a little bit of an update on Uncharted 2. And uh we're also going to talk about uh, the Slayer's Audible original series getting the axe which is a pretty big bummer but we will yes, start a
1: mistake
0: yeah <laughs> wow okay <laughs> you just totally threw me off of that anyways we're gonna start things off with our acolyte news uh we can report that uh the acolyte seems to have a release date at least we have some information pointing to a release date a source has told us that the acolytes release date will be june 5th of this year this does actually line up pretty well with officially released information that we had a little while ago that said it will be early summer so this slots in very nicely maggie how excited are you to finally have like at least an idea of a date
1: I'm so excited. This is honestly one of the series that I'm the most excited for. I've been excited about it since, oh my God, I guess like 2022 when it was first announced. Was um, I obviously Yeah, because I actually talked to Kathleen Kennedy back in 2022 at Star Wars Celebration about Acolyte. Um, I'm really excited about it. I love the High Republic. I've been ride or die for that era. Uh, It's really exciting that, you know, we obviously have like the Young Jedi Adventures kids show that's set in the High Republic. But I am in dire need of some live action, High Republic action. Uh, And, you know, this is kind of on the tail end of that. So I'm really, really excited uh, to see where things are going to go with that.
0: This this is the show that has had me the most intrigued. Uh, mm. or just really just the Star Wars project in general, because I'll throw in the couple of movies that are in development slash we don't know where they're at. Uh this is the thing that has me the most intrigued, because I back before Legends was excised from canon, I was my favorite period of time was the old Republic. I loved everything back in that time. So the high Republic kind of being the, the new Canon equivalent of all that. Like to me, that's the most interesting time. That's the most exciting time for me personally. So getting the opportunity to see something from that in live action, I'm all on board for it. And, you know, June 5th, you know, it's one of those things where this is not officially confirmed. So take it with a grain of salt. Uh, And even then, even if that is the set date, these things tend to happen where dates can get moved around. So it could wind up being later. I doubt that it will be earlier, Uh, (laughs) but we should probably be like, I would assume if it's June 5th, we're probably going to be getting a trailer sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah. Like, obviously I hope that we could get like a fun release on May the 4th. It's a Saturday, however. So like, I'm not fully confident in that, but it would be, uh, right as the Bad Batch is ending and give it kind of a, a month before the Acolyte and kind of given some of the other previous releases, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the same kind of like tactic they're taking with it. Um, yeah. If it's anything like the trailer we saw at Star Wars Celebration last year, y'all are in for a treat when that trailer finally drops because there is so much in that trailer that I saw last year that like, I still think about it's still like rent free in my mind, especially for people who read in the high Republic books, because there obviously is a a character um, that is in the books that will be in the series, which I'm really excited for people to see. I did want to answer one of the questions here from Mo. Hello, Mo. Uh, Is there a star Wars celebration this year? No. The next Star Wars celebration is next year in Japan. So they took a year off.
0: It's it's once every two years, isn't it?
1: Well, it was, we had Anaheim and then we had London and then they took the years off before Japan. I would assume it's because Japan is a pretty long trip for a lot of people. And they probably guess that people need a good two years to recoup on the last one and then plan for Japan. Uh, So yeah, that's when the next one will be next year.
0: But either way, there's plenty of Star Wars stuff uh, between now and then. So there's got to be a lot of stuff to be excited about. Uh, I actually, Maggie, you will be uh, you'll be excited about this. I finished the first High Republic book.
1: I'm finally. so proud of you.
0: Uh, I'm moving on to the second one.
1: Are you doing just the adult ones right now?
0: Uh, Yeah, just right now. And then i will I'll dive into the other stuff.
1: The young adult ones are great. Like, they're so good.
0: I've heard good things, and I have I have a Reddit post pinned that's like the read order for everything, including all the comics and the the young adult books and everything like that. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Do we have any ideas on how many episodes? Are I there? can't
1: remember off the top of my head. I believe it is out there. It may be on the Wikipedia.
0: Let me look it up real quick. You,
1: yeah. uh, I'm gonna uh, go back up here to our. Super chat from Mike. Yeah, you when do that now. Talking and I'll look about Michael Abel's coming on to compose for the Acolyte. This was something else that Collider learned and and posted in our article yesterday. Really excited about that. He's been kind of the go-to for Jordan Peele for all of his films. So if you've you know seen any of those, you know the kind of caliber of uh, compositions that he has delivered. And he recently won a whole bunch of awards for his work on those films. So it's it's quite exciting to have him joining the Star Wars universe and you know that's something Star Wars has kind of consistently been really good at is courting these incredible composers. I mean, we've had yeah. Ludwig with Mandalorian. I'm blanking on Nicholas Brittle for uh, Andor. Like there's just been a really high caliber of music, which you know I get, you're competing with John Williams, who is kind of like the goat of all goats. So it's 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 really great that they're trying out different composers and, and getting kind of new vibes for each show, which I think is a smart move.
0: I will I will say that I think that. I think that Michael Abels will be more than capable of going toe to toe with, at the very least, the the other composers that they've had on the Disney Plus series so far. I'm not going to go so far as to say that he's going to be on the same level as John Williams because that's 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 an insane amount of pressure to put I'm on him.
1: The only one who's gotten up to like John Williams level is Ludwig.
0: Yeah, he's I'm he has right some. There. there are some musical cues that he has put out that have, like, that I feel just. Strongly screams Star Wars and is the sort of thing that's going to last for years and years and years. It's the sort of themes that are going to stick in your head for it's the kind of stuff where you
1: hear his music and you're like, "That's Ludwig," which yeah. is what John Williams is. You can always tell, just like Hans Zimmer and various other ones that are kind of up there in the the public, you know, knowledge field. Yeah. And by
0: the way, it is uh, looking like eight episodes.
1: Yeah. I was like, it was like eight, I think was what yeah. was originally. I was thinking
0: liked. it was six, but eight, eight feels right. We we talked about that when we were talking about Disney it shows. Eight, eight to me is the, is the bare minimum. I think for a Disney Plus series is what I feel comfortable with. Uh, so yeah, that, that's our, that's our acolyte news. Um, Exciting stuff. I am super stoked to see this series. I can't wait. June is going to be. That is that is a long ways off, and it's going to be it's going to be an agonizing few months waiting for that.
1: Hot acolyte summer.
0: I guess I'll just have to get through a few more of the books between now and then, you if have, I can find time.
1: We, we need to read. The, I'll give you a list of the young adult ones that uh, the character who will pop up in acolyte is in. Okay. Uh, so you can start getting familiar with them.
0: All right, give me that. I'll I'll check it out. I'm going through the audiobooks, so hopefully there's audiobook
1: versions of I think, them. I think so. I think so
0: because it's as like we discussed people. as we discussed on the show before it's sometimes hard for me to find time to like sit down and like read a traditional book but yeah. if i have an audiobook going i can do it while i'm driving or while i'm working out or while i'm working so that's been the way that i've been wait doing until
1: you listen to the high republic audio stories like those ones are so good they have audio dramas yeah there's two they're really good like they're dramas. really good uh tempest runner and oh god i'm blanking on the other one they also have them in script version. Um, Tempest Runner is the one that I can think of off the top of my head. But yeah, they're excellent.
0: I'll be looking out for that. But
1: you know what else I'm going to be looking out for, Maggie? Is it something that involves a map?
0: I mean, yeah, probably. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Uncharted 2. <laughs> the the um, the sequel to the video game adaptation from 2022. Uh, yeah. we We got a little bit of an update. From Mark Wahlberg, per uh, who spoke to Screen Rant. Sorry, uh, and he said uh, when he was asked about Uncharted Two and sort of like where things were at, he had this to say: "Quote, actually, I just got a call today that they got the script in. I can't grow real beard and mustache, but they said start growing your sta- mustache. I'm gonna t- it. It's gonna take a while." <laughs> You know, for someone who gets paid to talk for a living, I really can't talk all that well. Uh, I'd be interested to see what the story's like and where that adventure takes us, but I'm excited. I know audiences really loved the first one, so we'll see.
1: And he's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, audiences loved it. This made a lot of money at the box office.
0: Which is funny because I heard a lot of... I I think I heard more people kind of crap-talking in the first one than I heard saying good things about it
1: this is my my controversial opinion i think A lot of people came into that with a negative attitude because it took so long for this film to actually be made, this adaptation, that their fan casts and the one that everybody wanted forever and always uh, had completely aged out of that role. Uh, And I think
0: because someone's actually talking about it, uh, yeah,
1: Nathan Fillion. I know everybody wanted Nathan Fillion as uh, we got the
0: we got that fan film with a minute, which is pretty good, but that's
1: yeah but i think that's where because so many people that i I talked to that didn't like it or came in with like a really negative attitude it was because they were still holding on to those fan casts and i like i get that i know i know that feeling very well when you come into something you're like this is not what i expected from this thing that i love um so i think that there was also a lot of people who shifted their opinions over time like once it hit streaming and people rewatched it they're like wait this was actually kind of fun Um, But I mean, it made like $400 million at the box office, which, you know, for Sony is (laughs) pretty big box office numbers, um, given their current track record. (laughs) Oh, no, I think I think John is frozen. Is he frozen for me? Or is he frozen for everybody? Okay, so John is frozen. So I'm going to just talk about how great Uncharted is. Um, But I think, you know, one of the things that I think with Uncharted that worked is that You didn't have to necessarily know everything about the video games to enjoy it. Oh, John is back now.
0: (laughs) You know, one of these days I'm going to figure out that I shouldn't live in, like, a podunk small town (laughs) and expect to have, like, consistent internet quality.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was... Saying that, I think the thing that worked really well with Uncharted is that you could enjoy it even if you didn't really understand the video games because they changed enough things and they made it very user-friendly. Because yeah. uh, I played the first Uncharted game, but I had never really engaged with it beyond, like, this was a thing my friends were pay- playing, so, like, I have to play it to kind of be knowledgeable. Um And I loved it. I had a great time. I laughed. Uh, I, I hooted. I hollered. <laughs> I had a good time in the theater when I saw it. <laughs>
0: I think that... uh I've, I've said this before on the show. I think that a good like indicator of if something is going to land with a mainstream audience is how my parents feel about it. Mm-hmm. And I know that at the very least, my mom really
1: liked the first. My movie. mom loved it too. I always use her as a bellwether too.
0: <laughs> it's a little hard for me to get a read on my dad sometimes when he likes movies. Cause my mom does this thing. And if she's watching, I'm going to completely put her on blast for a <laughs> moment. Uh, my mom does this thing where it, when she likes something, she will watch it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. If you ever meet my dad, Maggie, <laughs> mention Hobbs and Shaw to him. And you will see a man absolutely broken. Oh. Like...
1: <laughs> Why do mention him? that to him then? <laughs> oh no, he broke again. <laughs> yeah so we're just gonna take some uh comments from here um you know ooh, i was gonna say this isn't a bad point um i i do get where this is coming from because he does have the same kind of vibe as like the nathan Fillion. but I, I guess with them wanting to start younger tom holland more or less worked for that age range yes hello john <laughs>
0: I will point out that the weather here is also not playing nice today. I mean, I'm having having a time. I
1: mean, you (laughs) can blame (laughs) weather.
0: This is the first time that we've ever had this happen twice in a single episode,
1: and I think it's about to happen again. Um, Oh,
0: that's unfortunate.
1: But I do think that's a really fair point. I think if you were going for an older. Drake, I think uh, somebody like Nathan Fillion or Mark Wahlberg would definitely fill that that role. But I guess since they wanted to have a little bit more longevity with this franchise, Tom, Tom Holland was the
0: well. And yeah. since the first film was also like so set as an origin for the character, yeah. it made sense for a younger actor. That being said, I still like I kind of struggle a little bit. Um, still to this day, struggle with Tom Holland. Yeah, me too. Playing like leading parts that aren't Spider-Man yeah. because even for somebody who's he's in his like mid twenties now, right? Mid to late twenties. Yeah. He's not yeah. younger than I am. He, he's still like, just so convincingly looks like a teenager
1: yeah. that it's
0: hard for me to see him as like this globe trotting adventurer. Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. He's still, he's got the perpetual baby face and you have frozen again. Um, yeah, I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I, I did like him as Drake quite a bit. Um, but I'm still waiting for him to kind of hit that, that lucky streak, um, of having good films, uh, cause he's had a, a few not great ones over the last couple of years. Uh, so fingers crossed that he finally lands himself one. I really just feel like I'm, I'm ad living here until John comes back. I, uh, I feel, oh there
0: he is. is, is this is getting ridiculous where's that dust coming from let's uh let's move on so we can wrap on to the third topic because i know that you have quite a bit to say about this probably more than i do so if i cut out again you'll at the very least be able to say something yeah so uh the audible original series slayers a buffyverse story has been canceled after only one season the audio drama uh created by christopher golden and amber benson amber benson of course uh a cast member from the original show uh has been axed and it apparently wasn't audible that gave it the ax or anyone involved it was disney who holds the rights to buffy the vampire slayer and all the sort of related properties so maggie yes uh this is kind of a kind of a big bummer because this this audio drama was getting a lot of it was getting a big push behind it before it came out it there was a Big activation for it, and New York Comic Con. Yep. There was a lot of them. Um, there was a big marketing push for this. They, it seemed like Audible really, really wanted this to be successful.
1: I'm sad. But it getting
0: getting killed after one season, that's a pretty, that's a bummer.
1: Yeah, I'm quite disappointed by this. The activation at New York Comic Con was phenomenal. Uh, My roundtable interviews with the cast and creatives was fantastic. I got to have a follow-up interview with Amber Benson. She had so many great plans for the future of it. Uh, You know, I talked to a lot of Buffy fans, myself included, uh, who really loved it, really loved what they were going for, uh, really liked the way that they brought back the cast members in fun and creative ways and gave them like brand new stories that redeemed a lot of the um, bad things that joss whedon did uh and really helped to kind of mend some of those bad vibes for you know people like charisma uh people like amber that had kind of these um less than positive plot lines in the original series and you got to see them come back and be absolute badasses um i really disappointed like i will say disney has a lot of books that they're putting out about buffy they have like a young next generation vibe one, um, which is a little a little odd. It has like Willow having a kid and like that whole thing. It's it's fine. Um it's
0: I I, I'm gonna admit I didn't keep like I was a big Buffy fan when I was a little kid. Watched the show a lot with my mom. Uh watched Angel. Everything was good. Outside of that I didn't I didn't follow up anything else. I didn't read the comics. I I didn't like like, read any of the books.
1: I have a bunch of the Disney, um, like uh, next generation books, on my shelf. I, I've read them. I love them. They're really great. I think I had uh, not reservations, but maybe concerns that this would happen because. I, I don't know, like, on the back end how things are selling, but I haven't really necessarily heard people talk about even knowing that those Disney books existed, delving into the Buffy universe and, like, fun young adult vibes, you know. Uh, so I did worry that if this eclipsed what they were trying to do with that initiative and what they're trying to do with, like, inesh- initially there's, like, these rumors that they're trying to do a reboot of Buffy and all of those things. I did worry that if this eclipsed that in any way that they would... Pull those. Do
0: you, do you think <laughs> that this could be them trying to like trim the branches so that when they do the reboot, they just have that one avenue yep. that they have to pay attention to?
1: Yep, I do. That is kind of my concern. Um, so I think that's ultimately, especially since they're like, we weren't given it any explanation why that makes me think that their plans to reboot the Buffy universe are moving forward at a a quicker pace that maybe in the next year or so that we'll get you know stronger more credible reports that Disney is actually doing this reboot Um, which sucks because I think that the original cast still has a lot to give to that universe um, and there's a lot there of like making amends for the past that I think, you know, deserve to continue to be given to both those creatives and to fans. So I am very sad that Slayers has been staked.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a pretty major bummer. And it definitely does seem like, like to me, it feels like it has to be a larger brand play because it was Disney doing the cutting. Like if it was, if it was just, Oh, it underperformed, like not enough people listen to it, like whatever. Then I feel like it would be audible making the play because they're the exactly. one much closer to it. Yeah. But the fact that it was Disney tells me that that's, that's something on their end, that they're doing something they're building towards that. Yeah. this just was kind of in the way of yeah, um, All that being said though, Maggie, are yeah. you at all interested in a reboot even as a fan?
1: Not particularly. And I am like a genuine like Buffy fan. Like I, yeah. I reference it quite often in my life. The Gur arc monster, you know, five by five, various different things that are very much, you know, the Buffy universe, what would Buffy do? Mm-hmm. Um, so very much still love Buffy. Uh, still love that entire universe. I love the comics that they've put out over the years, like various different you know, um, derivative works from it and stuff. Um I don't think it needs to be rebooted. I am very much of the mind that everything we love doesn't need to be rebooted. Uh, That just because something is 20 years old, we don't need to just reinvent the wheel with the same kind of formula and stuff that there are other stories you could tell. Um, I think that there's a lot more, um, shelf life and taking something that is already if you have to lean upon ip that you already have building on what already exists not trying to scrap it and start over you know you saw the kind of a similar thing happen with charmed being rebooted um which that show was fine it didn't feel like charmed the this it we didn't did have that comedy. same vibe and there was Yeah. And it just, it was a constant source of bad publicity because the original cast felt so slighted, which is their prerogative. They're allowed to feel that way. And like, then there was weird blood with the new cast that were saying shady things on Instagram. And it just was never a good vibe.
0: With that reboot, I remembered like before they piloted it, I remembered hearing like, oh, they want to do a charmed reboot. And then I think that was the last thing that I ever, obviously I'm not in the charmed fandom. Yeah. So, like, I'm not super close to it. Like, Charmed was a show that my mom watched yeah. when I was younger. I didn't really watch it too much. So, like, I didn't pay attention to it. But the fact that it came out, that it already came and went, it tells me everything I need to know about it.
1: Yeah, and it's just, like, there's these shows that came out in the the aughts, the, you know, late 90s and, and early aughts. They were lightning in the bottle, and you just can't yeah. take them, shake that bottle up, and hope that the spark's still there. Um, It's just... It's not. You're on top
0: of that. that, like... Yeah.
1: With the exclusion of
0: the Joss Whedon of it all, I don't feel like Buffy has aged that much, that it's like... No. So, so... Like, so far removed from modern life that, like, younger audiences aren't going to be able to relate or find something to latch to about it it is very like late 90s early 2000s but they're still like dealing with a lot of the same struggles that teenagers deal with today yeah. they're still dealing with a lot of like the they're, they're sort of like universal growing up sort of things that they deal with on that show a lot so i don't think that it's like so woefully just Aged like milk that it needs to be redone. Well,
1: and I mean, there's people who, like, one of my friends just rewatched the entire Buffy verse, watched all of Buffy, watched all of Angel for the very first time. And, like, seeing her reactions to things was, like, so fun. Cause it's like, oh, yes, I remember reading that in the TV guide when I was, like, nine years old. Um, and, like, hearing about that. Cause, like, that's even from a different era of, like, news reporting for entertainment stuff. Like, you, like, the way that, like, everything about that era is so, like, I don't know maybe i'm just an old person that doesn't want everything to be rebooted i just think there's like a better way to
0: get off my verses. lawn
1: i am get off my lawn uh also <laughs> like i don't I, I already get really annoyed when i see buffy the vampire discourse like guys it's 2024 we don't need to continue to beat the same dead horse <laughs> like you're not gonna change anything that happened uh, in that show, but I don't know. I just, I have a lot of re- reservations about any time that we do these reboots. I I never think they capture the show in the same spirit. Um, you know, they're never they're never the same. You can't no. replicate that. I think it's better served to do things like uh, what like Frazier did with coming back, but with the original people and like not rebooting it, but just like continuing it with a different new, yeah. you know, that's something that has worked well, seemingly, um, you know, for that studio. So I think that's kind of where the, the sweet spot is that you can take the cast that already exists or the cast that is interested in still playing these characters and find ways to fit them into a continued universe rather than a hard reset. Well, you know, the ready-made fan base too. Like it's so yeah. much easier to get buy-in from people who already have an emotional investment instead of trying to convince people to care about something that you've essentially staked through the heart.
0: <laughs> and I mean, like it's, it's a slam dunk idea to take characters that people grew up with that they love And just go, hey, we haven't seen these people in 20 years or however long it's been. Let's catch up and let's see where they're at. Like, that's not... yeah, Like, that'd be pretty easy to do. I know that, like, judging by the fact that Slayers had so many returning cast members from the show involved, it probably wouldn't be that hard to get all of them to show up for a show.
1: I mean, that was what was so great about Slayers is that they yeah. went, okay, so all of us are old now, so we can't really play like vampires of <laughs> accidentally age. So what can we do? And that's why like the audio thing works so well because they could still play the original characters and then they could bring back people who had died and do it as like a multiverse. So that was the whole, that was the whole hook of Slayers yeah. is that there was, it was a multiverse, which, you know, is all the rage these days. And they like slipped into a different multiverse where things were going awry, And, like, that was so fun. And, like, I had joked with them uh, during one of the roundtables I did. I was like, well, if they ever wanted to bring this to television, just do animation. Because then you could all come back as your characters. It could be, like, an edgy adult animated series. And you could all still play your characters because it's animated. So, like, that's the kind of thing, like, outside of the box thinking that I need these studio executives to think about.
0: Or even then, like, you know... Even if they did do live action and they wanted to bring back like Spike and stuff, they can come up with like an explanation of why he looks older. Magic. Yeah. Or like, oh, getting his soul back caused him to age. Exactly. Like,
1: like there's so many...
0: <laughs> it's, not, it's not hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, plenty of people have things happen because of magic in that universe. It's not that hard.
0: Well, and, and as King Garcia pointed out, they need to continue it, but it's been long enough for a new Slayer to come, not reboot no. it. I mean the show ended with like a whole bunch of people having their Slayer potential activated so yeah. they could have a new Slayer be the focus of it and not even have to insinuate that they killed Buffy off screen. Yeah. Like, Maybe Buffy could... just
1: wants to go into retirement.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, what was, I was watching a, uh who did the reunion? Uh, someone did a, like a reunion interview with all of the old cast weekly, like what,
1: five years ago?
0: Yeah, it's old. I mean, it it was was old, old, but Sarah Michelle Gellar was basically saying, she's like, I like to think that Buffy has like stopped slaying and is like on a beach somewhere. I like (laughs) just make that canon and just like I bring in another slayer
1: did she was like deep undercover somewhere like far away <laughs> Half yeah. time. i just want to know what happened at the end of angel like there's a horde of things there's dragons and like all sorts of things
0: like angel here's here's my hot take about angel i didn't really like angel
1: did um, like angel i think we all liked it because it was like, it was my, like
0: angel my best about. friend liked angel okay it wasn't he didn't like it more than Buffy I like the first it.
1: couple of seasons and then yeah when the weird stuff started happening when you could tell that Jaws had it out for charisma that's when I was like the same yeah thing. like
0: her being like buried alive and like all Connor of- Connor there was so many charisma carpenter listen she got the <laughs> short end of a lot of sticks
1: <laughs> so many um
0: my she favorite, like
1: my favorite thing from Angel though was the smile time episode with the puppets the angel oh. puppet.
0: <laughs> not touching that. I don't do puppets.
1: <laughs> oh, this is good to know because I'm a puppeteer.
0: <laughs> not. I don't do puppets in like not in a way that you can use it against me. Like, wow. if you come at me with a puppet, I'm not going to, like, freak out and scream and run away. Now, if you somehow find a way to come at me with heights, then maybe. But I don't think that you can, like, manifest the heights around me. Uh, <laughs> Arrow says, I like David Boreanaz as an actor, mainly in mm-hmm. SEAL Team. But that's the veteran in me. Yeah, he yeah, did a pretty good job. I haven't, I haven't watched too much of SEAL Team, but the bit that I did... Uh, he seemed like he did a good job. And I liked him as uh, Booth in Bones.
1: Yes, that's my forever show, except that show hurt me in a lot of ways.
0: I will say, I actually, I watched that show enough that when I think of David Boreanaz, I don't immediately think of Angel. I think of yeah. Booth first. And then I'm like, oh yeah, he was Angel. Yeah. Maybe it's also just because there was enough of a time separation that like... I'm able to separate two completely different kids. I'm just knocking shit over on my desk.
1: It's (laughs) A fun fact about me is that Bones is the reason I pursued anthropology.
0: I feel like there's a lot of people who could probably say that. That show was very influential.
1: That show was on for exactly half of my life at the point when it ended.
0: Yeah, that show was on for a really long time.
1: Yeah. I love that. Well, we talked a lot, <laughs>
0: including a lot of time that I spent uh frozen like
1: <laughs> please tell me
0: that when I froze I froze in, uh, frozen like, frozen like hilarious like, freezerant smiling rampant.
1: kind of, so it wasn't terrible.
0: see that this help. is good and this is bad, this is good for my like you know image, but also bad because if I'm gonna freeze, I want to entertain you guys. like I at least want it to be something funny for you to look at.
1: well, I did say it wasn't funny.
0: Okay, well, but if it's not like goofy, then it's like not as fun. Anyways, we should probably end this episode. Uh, Maggie, do you have anything, anything coming down the pipeline, anything to plug?
1: Um, at some point this weekend, my interview with Colin O'Donoghue will be on the site, which um, is really only relevant to people who knew me when I was a really big fan of Once Upon a Time. So, if you're watching. That happened.
0: There's got to um, be at least one person in the chat. Uh,
1: yeah, but you have to really have, like, known me. Um, but as far as that, I think that's the only... Oh! Next week, I am talking to Ben Browder and Rockney O'Bannon about Farscape for its 25th anniversary, which makes me feel elderly. Uh, so please hit me with questions if you have uh, any of them about Farscape. Uh, I have about 10 minutes with both of them, so plenty of time to probably
0: hit you with one or two. Please do.
1: I've got a few really good ones so far on Twitter. I'm really excited about that one. That was another one of those like shows that I mean we've talked about it before on on dailies. We had an
0: entire segment entirely about Farscape's 25th anniversary.
1: (laughs) We did. So it's absolutely (laughs) perfect uh, that it's happening. So that's happening. And I have some other stuff kind of on the horizon uh, to look out for.
0: Yeah, And you can find all of that on Collider.com. Yes. So get over there, check all that stuff out, uh, read any articles that we have. All of the entertainment news that you could possibly need is on there, with the exception of like some video game stuff. If you need that, you might have to go somewhere else. But any movies, TV shows, anything like that, we've got you covered. So get over there, Collider.com, check it out. Uh, also if you see video content, if you see a story or a article with a, uh, a little play button on the thumbnail art, that means there's a video element to it. It could be anything from a feature video, which is what I work on, to an inter- to an interview segment, blah, or uh, clips from shows or anything like that that we are able to post. So go ahead. Check those out. Uh, yeah. And we will be back tomorrow. I believe that it is Steve and Perry on the schedule. Uh, so, yeah, be sure to check them out. So you will not see me until next week. If all goes according to plan, you will not see Maggie until next week. If all goes according to plan. Uh, So with that, I will say, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Uh, Make great choices, have fun, and we'll see you next time.